Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC. With me again is Brad Livingston, our lead pastor. What's up, guys? It is good to be back another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And we are in church at the movies, which has been spectacular. It's been a lot of fun. And um, this past week, we did part three, which was Black Panther. Um, And, man, such a good time. Such an amazing movie. Our creative team, John, who's in the room with us, did a phenomenal job. Um, but we got two special guests on the podcast today. Back with us from last week uh, <laughs> is Tyler Burns. What's Tyler. going on, y'all? How you guys doing? <laughs> Tyler, it's good to have you. I couldn't let the other guests, you know, be here unsupervised. I just wanted to make sure he wasn't coming to, to do something he wasn't supposed to be doing, you know. It wasn't about Black Panther. It's not about that. Sure. Okay, uh, so <laughs> and, and uh, my other guest, another dear, close friend of mine, Pastor Aaron James, over uh, in Pensacola with us, Tyler at New Dimensions, Pastor Aaron at uh, Relevant Life. Man, uh, say what's up to the people. What's going on? Yes, I need supervision. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get into it, uh, where can they find you guys at, Tyler? Where, where can they find you? At? I'm on Twitter at Burns23. Follow at your own risk. <laughs> Very good. I'm on Twitter at Aaron James. That's E-A-R-O-N. And you guys already know where you can find Justin and myself in, in the studio. It's the most we've ever had in the studio at one time for it's this party, conversation. Man. It's incredible. Yeah. So we got uh, myself, Justin, Tyler, Aaron, and John all in the studio. So you may hear some slight delays if microphones get passed around, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a good time and we're super pumped. So, um, man. Tyler, you got a cho- you got a chance to kind of peep our 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 edit down of at the movies. What did you? Th- what was your initial reaction? This is like a it was a big deal going into Black Panther was a big deal sure. for all the reasons we already know. Number one, because uh, it was a phenomenal movie. Number two, it's got rich history and all those things. So sure. before I take up all the points you were going to make, go ahead. Oh, man, I <laughs> I was watching it with a smile on my face the whole time. Like imagining people in church watching this, I was like, man, this is this is crazy. Um, as I said last week, you know, it's just a, I think it's a really fresh and refreshing concept. And so, I kind of sat back and and I enjoyed certain parts of how you guys cut it. And I kind of saw, I'm looking at John now. I kind of saw some of the ways in which you were transitioning the thoughts, and I thought that was really good. And I was, it was a great summation of the movie as well, um, with your points, uh, which which I I would love to get into as well. So I don't want to steal Aaron's thunder because he's gonna take about an hour just to explain this. So. I don't talk a lot. Okay, listen, I will say this first. I listened to the podcast last week, y'all. Know, I wasn't here. That was the nerdiest podcast I've ever heard in my life. Do you life. realize how much I've been? I, do you realize how much I was holding back? Do you no. realize like how much I, I was, was like the, <laughs> I was in the car on the way to Alabama up to my mom's and I was like, this is nerdy. Like this is so nerdy, but it was cool. Then when when Tyler was like, "Wait, is this a Tobey Maguire bash fest or like what's going on here?" <laughs> I know it's just I'm so much inside baseball. Everybody's like Tobey Maguire. It's a hate Toby podcast. It's like I know Maguire's Irish pub, but so I'm prepared to be nerdy today too. Okay, okay, 
Yeah, kind you can of. do that. All right, all I, I see now. I kind of dialed it back because I'm like, ah, I guess we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're good, man. I was telling Aaron how much I enjoyed last week's podcast. Uh, just getting into the weeds of of Spider Man last oh, week. Oh, and- the weeds, the weeds for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the weeds, uh, bit of the weeds of Spider Man. And uh, no, man, we're we're pumped about done uh, about Black Panther. So in case you haven't checked out the, uh, the our version, if you will, or our edit down of the movie to kind of catch anybody up, maybe you're listening to this, which haven't watched it yet and you want to finish this podcast we broke the movie down we took a two-hour movie and we cut it down to 30 minutes that's never easy so you have to pick which storylines are going to be important and so uh the important storyline for us was t'challa obviously as black panther and killmonger who is the villain and uh killmonger's desire to to give their resources away to other nations now for him in particular it was quote unquote like his people who had been marginalized and all those things and and that that slightly we tried not to over slight that too much because that's an important narrative to have a conversation about but it wasn't as deeply communicated in in regards to the oakland scenes and some of those things um but we did show its importance and no i thought y'all did a lot of killmonger in in a good way yeah very good way and so we his desire was to resource the nations t'challa wasn't necessarily super opposed to it that's just not what they had historically done um and so we have two conversations or a conversation in two positions happening which is one give everything away and the other side which is we need to keep it for ourselves, and that's how we remain us is if we have this thing that no one else has, ultimately throughout the movie we kind of navigate and see um, that there's a middle ground somewhere in that. And the way that we connected it to our context was to uh, to encourage and to say that if the resources that Wakanda has is the equivalent to the gospel, then we as believers, like we we are going to go through this inner struggle between being content with what we have, the gospel, being content with having Christ, being content with having grace and mercy. But do we become so content that we don't see it necessary to now turn around and give those things away? So hmm. like, and, and the, and the thing where we, we have to come to grips with is that we need to go and give all that away. With that said, that was the basic kind of premise of what we talked about. Hmm. Now let's get into it. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, man. So yeah, so t- I'm wondering who's gonna wear the Black Panther suit in this room. I think it's gonna be Aaron. <laughs> so you have the necklace, like the suit is in the, the yeah. necklace. It's underneath my sweatshirt. Okay, it goes, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's, that's for the video so, version of this. Right, podcast. right, right. If you're watching it's us on YouTube, it's dangerous to get right all of us together in a room. I'm yeah. sorry. It's just something that happens. This is yeah. how we talk. So, Aaron, just tell me. Give me. Give me. Not. Not necessarily the, the paradigm that I just created based on. But just talk to me about your thoughts about Black Panther and all. Just whatever. We'll let's nerd out for a little bit. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was an excellent film because it was unapologetically Afrocentric in a way that brought to light the dignity of African people, the rich history and roots of African people, which is something that in Western culture and in particularly American culture, isn't something that's given much attention at all. Um, when you talk about Africa from an American standpoint, people see, you know, deserts and, you know, famine and, you know, war-torn countries. And and uh, there is a, you know, just uh, just such a absence of, of robust knowledge and understanding concerning um, 
how amazing the African continent is and the major contributions that African culture have made to the world, uh, technologically, theologically, culturally, just, you know, every facet of life pretty much. And that's not an overstatement, right? And so it was good to see that. It was good to see a film that was, um, that was so black um, and with all of these amazing actors, number one, but to bring to light that, that, that story. So I, I think first and foremost, I think that was really important, especially, and, and, and it can't also look, when this movie was released, the time and where we are right now, you know, as a nation, I think, mm-hmm. so if you go back and look at, you know, of course, uh, you guys may have mentioned this last week, but with, you know, uh, the passing of Stan Lee. Stan Lee was a doggone genius man. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at when Black Panther was released as a comic, 1966, mm-hmm. and everything that was happening in our nation then, and you look at when this movie, long, long, you know, long time waiting for this movie to come, uh, where we are, as I thought it was, I thought the movie was right on time, you know? And so undoubtedly, when I say that, there will be people who ask, well, why is it right on time? You know? <laughs> Why do you Why say is it that? Right Why is time? it right on time? Why is it right on time? <laughs> you set yourself up for that one, so I'm just going to leave you flapping in the wind. Go ahead, bro. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. I think that... I'll you. I think that... Um, <laughs> Rob City. So, so, so culturally, um, you know, when people believe the false narrative that the United States was post-racial, um, and, and we're seeing quite clearly and, uh, and painfully that we are not post-racial, that American society is deeply racialized, um, that that is a, you know, it's a very real and present issue, um, uh, again, on every level. And so I thought that a movie that would come along and the joy I saw, you know, man, in, in people dancing and dressing up and uh, just the, the celebratory mood, you know, like, dude, look, if, if you've ever, like, been in a theater that was like predominantly black the way like black folks watch movies it's like it's an interactive experience like and like from every other sometimes time annoyingly so sometimes it's, annoyingly so it's like a massive barbershop yeah in all the wrong ways as well like i just sometimes i just want to watch them i'm being honest with y'all yeah, sometimes right. i just want to watch a film like i went to see fences with my wife and I was so upset that there was so much commentary. Like they were giving live commentary about the actors. Like, oh, he played a, he played a good role there. I'm like, what? Like, how does this work? Hey, me and John were at a movie one time. I don't remember what movie it was. It was packed. Me and John were the minorities. I don't know. Irrelevant. Fate of the Furious. Because we were that minorities. It, there was there was there was other white people in there. And at one point there was a movie. I heard this one white lady said. Will y'all shut up? <laughs> let me let me tell you. Let's let's do some cross cultural cross cultural training here, cross cultural education. That is not going to make them be quiet. No, no, that's what made it funny because they they that's got the That's they're the going to get the volume knob and like yeah. Yeah. and like dialing it up. All the other white people oh, in the theater fire? that were there were like put their hand over their face like, oh no, listen, we're not. Oh, with there's that a lady. fire. Let me throw gas on that. Yeah, look, we're not with that lady. Look. I'm standing in line at the concession stand, right? And it was it was a younger white couple, you know, and they were kind of hipsterish, millennial, whatever. And it was like amazing because they were like, "Look at them, like they're dressed up. This is 
this must mean so much. And it wasn't like, <laughs> right, yeah. it wasn't no, like, but that's, it, that's was, it wasn't that's nasty genuine. or yeah. anything like that. It was like somebody actually getting a glimpse into a world that is not theirs. That's beautiful. And, and you know, I thought that was so cool. And, and so, yeah, initially, yeah, absolutely. That, uh, that was the biggest thing. So, so as you're talking about Black Panther though, I don't, I'm not a comic guy. I don't know anything about Black Panther. The first time I saw the movie was The Witness, yeah, the thing that yeah, The Witness did. Us. Man, right? that was so much fun. Yeah, it was. So we're sitting there, we're watching the movie. I thought the movie was fantastic. We got back to the recording yeah. that, that The Witness did and all that talk. And I was sitting there like, I didn't even see all this. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, what are they talking about? Listen, was, we, we've been waiting for this. Yeah, okay. I was like, I'm over there like, taking, I'm like, okay, I got to go back and look for this. And <laughs> well, and, and it's interesting because if if you just approach comics with no sort of, or just approach this movie in particular, with no sort of background, no sort of understanding of the character, you would naturally think that Black Panther was based on like the Black Panther Party. And the reality is it wasn't. Like it was created before the Black Panther Party ever existed. And so those are just, that's just like one thing that most people would not know or even be familiar with. Like people would think, okay, it was created around the civil rights time. So it was a direct copy of this movement and it's it's not. And so that's why there are so many layers and it's why I want to, you know, the things I say on these podcasts is you got to read comics because it'll just give you all these layers that you wouldn't, you wouldn't think existed before. Yeah. That's why we usually, you know, before the movie started and we didn't do it with civil war. And I was like, man, we really gotta, we gotta help people out here is to try to help them understand. Um, like, listen, you're not going to understand all of what's happening. You mm -hmm. can't because we had to edit this thing down to 30 minutes. So take what we're telling you and use the storyline based on what we're giving you and not, don't try to figure it all out because there's so i mean you know we had to right. cut so i mean you know what, what do we we cut out an hour and a half i think of the, the total movie's at two least, hours at least yeah, yeah. total movie's two hours we were down to 30 minutes so i mean it's you know it's it's almost Im impossible to it is impossible to get the full you know understanding and and uh you know even when me and john were editing the video i mean the one of the things we kept going back to is we we wanted to maintain and like john will attest to this um it's like I, the main the the things that I want is I want to maintain. I want people to be able to understand culture, mm -hmm. um, the humanity. In other words, I, the relationship between him and his sister was so important to me uh, because there's a sense of like there's a um, there's there's a I, I don't know how else to say it. there's a very uh, Afrocentric or black yeah. way like there's a way that when I meet. You guys, I greet y'all differently than how I greet my white friends. Right. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's mainly because I feel like I might be a part of this circle. Anyways, but <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, but for real, like when you when you when you there's a there's a different format of right. of everything. Just the whole culture, then like how they, um, you know how the T'Challa and his sister. I keep forgetting her name. Shuri. Sure. How, how they interacted, and there's just so many of those like small aspects that were super important to me and John. Like, man, we want to we want to keep the humor. We want to keep you know how she t she's he's the king, and she's still like teasing her brother. Like, just just all those little things were so yes. important to us. And, and not just the king, the richest superhero in comics. Right, like, right, 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 right. T'Challa's net worth is estimated at $90 trillion. Yeah, insane. And so when you think about that, you're thinking about this position of power and how natural and humble he comes across. That means so much because he's achieved it. He's made it. Right. But yet he's still walking through the streets with his people. You know, those types of things are, are natural occurrences and they're in the subtext of the movie. They're just little nuances that we wouldn't pick out. Um, but I love that. And I love the fact that you guys kind of talked about these 
you displayed these competing conversations that Kugler is trying to, Ryan Kugler, the director, is trying to uh, have at the same time. So it's the subtext of fathers and sons that you can't get away from. Um, it's this other idea of, of how women are treated and portrayed, which you guys talked about the Witness podcast. Um, it's another one where they're, this conversation about African-American versus African, like the different concerns and questions between Killmonger and T'Challa. And then there's that conversation about resources and wealth and what do we do with what we've learned. And in the comics, it's even, we see it as a glimpse of, okay, we can use it as weapons and we see we can use it as vibranium. But Wakanda has a cure for cancer. Like, so it's, it's more than that. Like, it's like they could heal people. Yeah. Like, like, and so I think sometimes people are like, oh, well, they're just transferring over to, to fight. No, they have vital healing elements that could transform the lives of millions of people, right. billions right. of people. Right. And that's what they're hanging on to. And that's a different level of stakes. Mm-hmm. Because if you think it's just weapons, you're like, oh, okay, well, it's just weapons. No, it's more than that. It's knowledge, it's resources. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, this is, <clears throat> so the first question, and all the, to bring that to a wrap, that one of the reasons that this was just so important to us, and even when I went back and forth on, because we've had conversations about, you know, should we have done three Marvel movies or whatever, and we were already waist deep in Captain America and Spider Man, um, and Black. I ain't got Panther. no DC movies to choose from. I'll tell you that. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> the catalog so, is thin. No, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, I liked Wonder Woman. Sorry. So, uh, oh, the, what about that Aquaman though? Anyway, we'll so this. All that to say is, uh, when we got ready to do it, Black Panther, when it as it came across the board, I was like, we just have to, we have to, we have to, especially, um, especially because uh, our church, we're not the only church that is this way, but it is one thing that I'm proud of to say that we are, which is, you know, uh, intentionally multi-ethnic and and so so diverse, both uh, in regards to race but also culture and, and generational uh diversity and all those things and and there was sunday morning like there was a sense of pride mm. amongst um you know every single like black person at tc mm. like there was this sense of like almost like i mean thank like thank you for not just doing what everyone else has done like you know yeah. you went and, and they was it was just clear but there, there was also this excitement like fan we watching black panther at church this sunday you know like so yeah you guys did little yeah. things that I'll, t- I'll tell you after the podcast but you did little things that i was like ah oh, that's clever that's <laughs> clever like i winked at the screen i was like i see you <laughs> yeah so but all that to say it was it was just necessary um so one of the scenes that i want to you know i just want us to chalk up for a little bit is um uh, the first scene is the dream scene with him and his dad. So uh, with T'Challa and T'Chaka um, after he wins the challenge. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, man, having, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of richness in this room in regards to, uh, you know, fathering, being fathered and having that understanding. So, um, man, what, Aaron, would you, what, tell me what you first thought about that that scene. Walk me through it. Did you cry? I'm yeah, not crying. You, you know, crying. I may. You know, I, you know, I, you know, I, <laughs> oh, I did. Have, I have, man, I cried like eight times. Retired Marine Aaron James. Did you cry <laughs> at that scene? Yeah, exactly. Nah, I was like, you ain't gonna answer Dude, about that. I was, you know, I had both my sons with me. You know, uh, in the one of the times I watched the movie, I watched it multiple times, and so um, seeing the legacy number one that it, that that him being king wasn't a standalone thing that he was carrying um, a rich legacy 
Um, and there was such a connectivity to his ancestors and those who had gone before him, right? But also the fact that his father spoke such identity over him, you know, when he told him to stand, you know, uh, and, and he, the, the longing that T'Challa had for his father, right, and to see him, uh, you know, to show that even as a king, even as a great warrior, even as a very intelligent, accomplished, wealthy man, he still needed to hear his father's voice. He still needed the affirmation of his father. But then the way in which his father entreated him and, and brought that affirmation, that was, that was by far one of the highlights from the film for me. It was such a special, special moment. And uh, yeah, 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 so I may have, you know, may have got a little misty. <laughs> eye moisture, grown man yes. eye moisture, as they say. Um, yeah, I think you even brought it out in the, in the video, the sermon where you talked about how both his mother and his father, like spoken to his identity and spoken to his heart, you know, and I think that was really important. And then it also, when he comes out of the, the ancestral plane, as it's called, when he comes out of the ancestral plane, the first thing he says is, is not like, oh, I just walked through a dream and did this. No, he's like, he was there. Like my, my father was there. And it's like, man, that's crazy. And so you say we can nerd out. So. <laughs> in the comics, uh, <laughs> the source material yeah, right, right, right. In, in some the of the original manuscript. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to take it back to the text. But in some of the uh, newer <laughs> iterations of Black Panther, they're they're kind of making a nod to the fact that now Black Panther, in the newest iteration of the comics, is King of the Dead. Like that's one of his monikers. He's actually that's what he is King of now. So in the comics, you know, spoiler, whatever. It's not really a spoiler, but. In the comics, Shuri is Black Panther right now. And then T'Challa is King of the Dead, which means he's the king of all the Black Panthers that have gone before. And so when you see the Panthers that are on the tree in the ancestral plane, it's representative of the fact that all the wisdom, the knowledge, and the strategies that they had as former Black Panthers, now he has access to. Wow. And so he can actually go and appeal to them in the necropolis, which is what it's called, and actually draw from all that wisdom and strategy, strength, everything. And so it's really this, this sign of, you, you, you even made a nod to it, the saints that went before, right? This is a sign of the legacy that we have, the, the path that was blazed for us long before we got there. Now you have access to that. And it's different because in Killmonger's dream sequence, he doesn't have that. He actually just goes back and sees his father, but no other Panthers, which is another sign that in the comics, the the panther heart-shaped herb actually rejects Killmonger because he's not worthy to receive it. So he's not worthy to actually be, he doesn't have the honor of a black panther, um, even though he, you know, won that title in the comics in the same way. So Yeah, that's so, that's so helpful. I was, was, I was reading an article yesterday and they were talking about like things that didn't make sense and that's what was one of them. They were like, technically Killmonger like should be the black panther because he challenge him a lot and like that's that was totally missing from the context that's cool i didn't know I, oh yeah I, it reject him it actually put him in a coma like it actually when he when he he beat t'challa and t'challa was still living in the comics t'challa never beat killmonger one-on-one never in the comics like that's different than the ending of the movie but he when he goes to take the heart-shaped herb it actually rejects him and puts him into a coma and t'challa was actually going to go back and be a part of wakanda like killmonger wasn't kicking him out anything like 
he was like, hey, you beat me fair and square. Like, I lost in ritual combat. It is what it is. But then Killmonger received the herb, and then the herb was like, no. Like, their god was like, no, I reject him. So yeah. it's just crazy. That's what's up. Boss don't play, man. <laughs> yeah. So so let's put a gospel spin There's on so it. so many things I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so put put a gospel spin on it, man. What did you, from a from a biblical and identity standpoint, like, take me to walk, let's walk through the dream world, or what, what would you call what is it? The, actual, the ancestral plane. Ancestral yeah. plane. <laughs> oh, so you want to, you want to, hey, hey, so, so, so watch this, right? Go, go, go. All right, do so it, do Jesus it, do it. Go, 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 go. in the Jordan River. So uh-huh. check this out. So T'Challa what does he say? What does he had say? to be submerged in the dirt, right? In uh-huh. order to be connected to uh-huh. the voice in, of the ancestors and his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you look at that moment where the Lord Jesus is baptized as he's submerged in the water. And when he comes out of the water, the spirit of God descends upon him. But then the father speaks, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And that's an amazing statement spoken by the father, because when he says, this is my beloved son, he as a father is expressing his love for his son. This is the son that I love. All right. And so he's speaking identity, but he's also expressing his affection. But then he says, I am well Well pleased pleased. with you. I delight Mm. in you in you. Hmm. And this is before Jesus ever performs a miracle. This is before Jesus ever (laughs) opens a blind eye or causes anybody that's crippled to walk. This was the affirmation and identity that he had that was not the result of his ministry, but it was the platform for his ministry. Now, the amazing gospel truth about that is that us as undeserving and as wretched as we are, in Christ, that is the exact same way that the father sees every daughter and every son. And that's something that's hard for us to accept because we know our at least a measure of our shortcomings and our frailties and, and our sin, right? But the creator of the universe, the father of spirit says, I love you. You're my daughter. You're my son. Yeah. I delight in you. And it has nothing to do with what we've done, but has everything to do with what Christ has done. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is, <clears throat> so when, when fatherhood initially got birthed in me, and I, I mean like spiritual fatherhood and it's funny me, the three of us have had this conversation a lot. Um, when that, when that bir- first got birthed into me, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you're going to remember this, me and you were together at the 220 conference in Baton Rouge, Louisiana and mm-hmm. Larry Stockstill taught on this and God just kind of dropped that into my heart, which is the three, I remember the, the three pillars of fatherhood, which is identification, adoration, and affirmation. Um, and that's, that's stuck with me for ever since then. That was 2000 and golly, I don't even it know. It was a while back. I just remember y'all would text me the whole conference and I was upset. <laughs> 2007. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that was a, that was a long time ago. So it was, it was powerful, man. But yeah, that's, that was huge. Um, so that was dope, man. And Tyler, what, yeah, I think it's also telling that T'Challa isn't concerned with the position. He's concerned with with the fact that he's affirmed and loved from his father. Mm. Like, I want to be good like you. Mm. Not like, I just want to be, I want to, and, and I think so many times as, you know, those of us as, as spiritual children, like we want position. And what, you know, the, the father is saying is, you know, it's not about that. T'Challa doesn't come and say, I'm Black Panther now. I'm King now. What he wants, he's more so concerned with character. And so what is, how do we shift the focus beyond the affirmation, not just of positional competence, but actually of spiritual character. And so he affirms who he is as a man. And, you know, you're a good man with a good heart and it's hard for a good man to be king. And so he says, this position will make it tough, 
because you'll have an opportunity to compromise that character and those convictions. Mm. But you are a good man and you do have a good heart. But he kind of pushes him away from the position and T'Challa loses it at one point. And he has to remember who he is. And that's what makes the second scene in the ancestral plane even more so powerful. But I think T'Challa's focus, even as he interacts with his father, is different probably than how my focus would have been if I was in his position. Yeah, that's so good, man. That's so good. Yeah, I loved the, you know, I, I pointed out mainly because it's just like, that's such a profound scene to me, especially understanding, you know, where, seeing where I'm at and just the transition and fatherhood and, and all of those things, man, like understanding the, the richness of identification. And like, if there's anything and, and you know, I, I've been around both of you for a long time and Aaron, I've been, we've been rocking together for how old is Deuce? He'll be 12 in a few months. So we've been rocking together for 11 years. So <laughs> that's, that's my, that's how I gauge how long we've been, been doing this together. And, and Tyler, not, not too far behind that, you know, in, in all of our friendship, I, I, the one thing that's been a constant in your ministry, the one thing that's been a constant, even going back to when we were student pastors, is just the idea of identification, like identity, 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 identity. Because I think that we all know, all five of us in this room know um, that you can, you can overcome so much whenever you realize who you are and whose you are and there's such a power to that which is one of the reasons why we wanted to highlight that in the movie uh, even you know even his mom you know show him who you are like I, I remember the first time i watched black panther and i saw that and i was just like i got chills all down my like my arms and my back I was just like because that was a command like that yeah. wasn't like a yeah that wasn't a request that was a yeah. demand like you better show him who you are <laughs> right 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 you know right. <laughs> i think some of us we have that you know that experience when you know we we go home when we were kids and tell our tell our parents well i'm scared of this i'm scared well you better get out there and do it. <laughs> right it was like a more so of a demand because she had confidence in who he was and yeah. confidence um, of what was inside of him that he hadn't shown yet. Yeah. 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 It was, it was good, man. So, so then like we tracked through, we tracked through the journey. So what was, what was out of kind of some of those earlier parts of the movie, what was your favorite part of, of the, uh, of just the movie in general, not necessarily our breakdown of it, but you know, what was, <laughs> what was, what was one of your parts, man? Man, I'm just kind of filing through all of these. <laughs> you can see him filing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see the Rolodex going. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm gonna pick one out that that has to do with like just dignity, right? Yeah. There is a part where uh, Ross puts his hand on T'Challa, and Okoye looked at him like. <laughs> <laughs> that was in, yeah that was in our movies yeah where he like patted him on the chest like do it again <laughs> do i did do it again i wish you know what I'm saying? it was it was that kind of <laughs> it was that yeah. kind of look and one of the things that i loved about that particular part and we don't even have time maybe to go into the door melange and, and just everything that those amazing women stood for and are one of the things that it highlighted to me was that their dignity was always non-negotiable. Hmm. In whatever context you put them hmm. in, in whatever place, whoever they were with, their dignity was non-negotiable. And so even outside of the boundaries of Wakanda, T'Challa was still king. And he was to be treated and regarded as such. And so you just don't, you may not know who he is, but but we're here to tell you like who he is. And that was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, if I could just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tyler? 
Man, there's so many. Um, and I should have been thinking this whole time, like, which one? I know. But I was just immersed in that scene and kind of reliving it. But, man, I really enjoyed and appreciated the texture that they gave Killmonger. Because if if it were me and I found my father with panther claws in his chest, I'd probably act the same way. I mean, you know, right, right, right. I mean, if it were me and I kind of had the same upbringing he did, there was that initial scene where he's in the, the art gallery in the museum, which is a really powerful scene because it's the first scene as an introduction to a villain. If you think about it, that's super important to how the audience perceives that character. So you take the Dark Knight opens with the Joker. And when you see all the chaos, but then you see the Joker kind of set things up, it gives you a glimpse to say he's a strategist and he's thinking like five moves ahead of where you're at. When you see Thanos in, in, in uh, Infinity War... And he beats up Hulk. You're like, oh, okay, he's super powerful. Yeah, right, right, right. Like this is an introduction to who he is. And so seeing Killmonger, that he connects all these dots, but yet he makes points. But just because he makes those points doesn't mean he's right. Like you can be right and still wrong. And I think showing that texture and all the great villains are the ones who think they're they're right and their their cause is just. I thought was really helpful for us in a time where it's it's difficult to parse through what's true and what's false. It's difficult to figure out what's real and what's fake. Yeah. And so seeing them and then seeing you guys really pull on that thread by showing so much of Killmonger, I really enjoyed that, man. I yeah. thought that was that was super helpful. Yeah. So so walk us through some of the next points uh, in our our version of Black Panther. So what was what was kind of next for you and and how we filmed that and edited it down? So you have the Killmonger scenes, right? So you're showing the brutality of Killmonger, but then you're also showing the conflict within him because he's a man without a country. And so he, he fights for, you know, America, but at the same time he has allegiance to Wakanda based upon who he is and based upon where he came from. But then the scene, I love that you included the throne scene because that's the centerpiece of the film, which is this pressure that T'Challa feels from the outside force and then also appeasing his people. And I think we feel that pressure a lot of times as well is this sense of, man, I want to stay true to the tradition, but at the same time, maybe the tradition needs to change. Right, <laughs> maybe right, there's right. deficiency mm. within it. And maybe we were wrong. And maybe we should repent. And maybe we should go back and correct it. And it's like, but at the same time, he feels this loyalty. So he gets it, but he also feels that tension of, man, how do we live as, as people who are true to our convictions while at the same time not sacrificing those convictions when they're challenged? Um, I think that that takes a lot of deafness and it takes a lot of Holy Spirit led power to get us to that place. Because I don't think we have that sort of ability to hold those two things in tension uh, on our own. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, we see because essentially, you know, to to kind of to break that down even further, you know, essentially what you're talking about is whether we're talking about our, our religious and church and spiritual traditions, like whether or not we need to, there are some things we need to hang on to and there are some things we need to let go of. And there are some things that we, uh, or maybe we need to minimize so that we can maximize the moment. Sometimes we need to minimize culture or tradition so that we can maximize the moment. Um, you know, we have a saying here, which is that, you know, um, we marry the message, but we date the method. In other words, like we can change our method, but we, we say married to the message. Um, and, and, but even beyond that, I mean, essentially what you're talking about is that, that idea goes down to a worldview. It breaks down into social issues. It breaks family, down into culture. family, like, yeah. 
the whole nine. Like, you know, how do we view the household and marriage now in 2018 versus how they did 50 years ago? The Bible speaks to it. So there's a level of tradition that we need to break down. But then there's a level of biblical errancy that we need to maintain. And there's so like that tension exists in so many different areas of our life. We have to keep seeing that. You know, one thing I will go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Well, one thing I would tell you is is uh, the standard of the red, white, and blue is not always the standard of the red, black, and white. Hmm. Which the the standard of the flag doesn't always mean it's the standard of the Bible. So, so that tension. I didn't know that was coming. So, (laughs) go ahead. Hey, I I didn't know it was coming. Uh, But anyway, go ahead. In the chest. I don't. I don't know if you guys have seen that clip. It's circulating on Facebook. It's um, from Miles Monroe before he passed. And it's this clip where he's talking about Samson and the jawbone of the donkey and how he killed so many Philistines, like a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of the donkey. And then he said there was a key point where the text says that he threw it away. And he said what he could have done is he could have taken that method of conquering and he could have patented it and he could have sold it and he could have put his name on it and he could have done all these things. And he says, sometimes what we like to do is we like to think that the power and the anointing is in the tool rather than the God who who anointed and touched the tool. Mm. And he says, sometimes we have to take the things that worked and throw them away because they don't work now because the anointings left it. Yeah. And so I just sat back. I was like, bro, that's crazy. But at <laughs> the same time, it's like, man. There are endless applications, not just on a church level, not just in a theological level, but a personal level, a family level. Um, yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah. yeah, when it comes down to Killmonger, I found that I related to him a whole lot more than I thought I would. You know, and I know that his character was was brutal and, um, you know, he wasn't, you know, wholesome. I mean, we know that. Yeah, he's a so villain. many problems. He, he's a villain. So many, so many problems. Right, right, right. But there was a way in which Killmonger, even in his quest to, you know, just just take over, he was the catalyst that forced them to reckon with the sins of their past. If there's no Killmonger, then you can just kind of gloss over everything. No, we're good. We're fine. It's okay. And Killmonger was that was that voice like, no, it's not fine. It was dysfunction and dishonesty. Systemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That created him. Like, Killmonger was created by a system. You know, his father was taken away from him. Um, you know, he he's trained, you know, and, and he's killed so much for America. As Tyler said, he's someone with no home. He's rejected by the people and basically disowned. You know, they don't even know that there's a Killmonger, right? He he has never had the opportunity to embrace to be embraced by his homeland. And so what we see is the pain. Um, and, and, and the, you know, just what's created in when someone's orphaned like that. Right. Mm, yeah. And, and so, That's good, bro. and so, but he also has this thing to where, um, he doesn't want to be dominated. You know, there's this part of him that's like, we're not subservient to them. Like, why are we walking around here all timid and, and like, like we're, we're not inferior, mm-hmm. you, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, and he wasn't satisfied with Wakanda simply being the world's best kept secret. You know, he was like, we, we shouldn't be, we're, we're better than that. And, um, and so it's easy to come down on him and that character and just wholly dismissed him as, as dismiss him as just a vile villain, Yeah. but he was created. He was created by dysfunction and to kind of, and it creates kind of a more um, sympathetic approach 
to the dynamic of his character, yeah. even without denying, you know, his his great dysfunctions and sins. So. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, is even even Killmonger, like from a, from a lot of from take him out of the Wakanda context, he would have been a superhero in so many other contexts. Yes. Yes. So you know what I mean, and and if you've watched the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about, in that he accomplished a lot for the country that he was representing, um, and in this case it was America. Like he, so as a, uh, I don't remember what branch technically he fell under in when he served. Was it like special forces. Yeah. Was it special yeah. forces. So I mean, he so he went into Afghanistan. He talks about it. I was in Afghanistan and Iraq, and I like I went I went to these places. I killed all these people. I did all these things. Um, and it was in turn it served the country, but it was all self. We know it was self-serving because he was trying to get somewhere. He was obtaining all that to get somewhere. The one thing I did want to bring up in regards to Killmonger, because when we if we only see him a villain, we lose a context. See, the idea is what he wanted was great. The way he went about getting it was terrible. Right. Because if if what he wanted was so bad, then T'Challa couldn't be in love with. Um, Nakia, Nakia, because she wanted the same thing. Like, right. so his greatest enemy and his greatest love outside of his family both wanted the exact same Precisely. thing. You just yes. see the two different approaches to getting That's a good it. Good point. Yes, she's kind of the middle bridge between them. Yeah, the yeah. true and wiser <laughs> strategist. <laughs> right. Yeah, right, right, right. And so there's this. We have this place and this like tension with her in the picture because she's saying the exact same thing that Killmonger is saying obviously she's going about it differently and, and the the end goal is is completely different than what Killmonger had in mind but at the same time they're, they're aiming to accomplish the same thing so um yeah so that that created tons of tension so I'm gonna yeah, f- yeah there is I just want to say there is a deleted scene that's not in the film not in the regular film not let alone regular, our film yeah, yeah okay. not in the regular film and it's Okoye, who's the the general of the Dora Milaje, and Wakabi, who's T'Challa's Man. best friend, because Wakabi does this this sharp one eighty, and yeah. you're like, why is he selling out his best friend? And there's this deleted scene. You can Google it, look it up, and it should be on YouTube. And it just kind of they're married, and so it talks. They they kind of have an argument within the throne room after everyone's left. Mm. That kind of gives greater attention to these ideas and kind of talks about why Wakabi turned and why he turned his back on his best friend. So I thought just throwing that out there, if y'all just, you know, love the movie, you just want to see a deleted scene that, you know, people haven't seen. That is something to check out. Yeah. That's super helpful. So, so to kind of bring it full circle for kind of what we were talking about and, and kind of the, the angle that we took towards it is because we talked about Wakanda's resources being the same thing as us and the gospel. In other words, we have this thing that the world needs And for some of us, we just hold on to it. We don't go anywhere with it. We don't take it anywhere. We don't proclaim it. We don't let anyone know it exists. It's for all intents and purposes, it's disguised within our hearts the same way Wakanda is disguised within its, its continent. It, 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 it exists, but no one knows it. Um, And the basic premise again of what we were talking about is that man like we have a like the purpose that God created us for our, our God created us for a purpose which is that we would love people preach the gospel make disciples like that's the that's the the vein that we're supposed to run in um and so that's our purpose but the purpose of our purpose which is what we the phrase we used in the movie uh the purpose of our purpose is that we would see other people uh step into the resources uh if you will 
so let's go to the let's fast forward. Well, I, I want to stop at two scenes on, on these next two points. The first one is um, when T'Challa comes over the rock. So Killmonger sending the planes out and he comes over the rock. Um, and the phrase that he used, which I love it, you know, um, I never yielded. I never yielded. And as you can see, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I am not dead. And so when we he were close his hands to, out, like, come at me, bro. Yeah. He had to come at me, bro. Hands out. Oh man. So when we were closing the service out, um, you know, we gave a moment for salvation. We, we gave a moment for people to, to, to respond to the, the the Holy Spirit and and to answer the call to follow Christ and in that that was the that was the wrap up that we used when we were wrapping the service up is you know I, I kind of segue that like two thousand years ago you know that same thing happened the only difference was it was someone that was dying on behalf of all of us mm-hmm. uh, and he died and so then the enemy was celebrating they thought they had won and then three days later. He comes up and I was like, "See, you should have preached that live. You should have preached <laughs> that preach when you invite me to New Dimensions. Okay. I'll preach that live, live, live." <laughs> so, um, so, and I told him, I said, and and then that's when Jesus said, "I haven't yielded, and as you can see, I am not dead." Um, and mm. and that mm. and that gave life to all of us who were dead in our sin. Yes, and then we segued into you know giving people an opportunity to answer the call. But um, so, anyways, like. <laughs> Dude, I love that scene. Yeah. It's a defiant scene. But at the same time, I think that's it's necessary for us to press into the fact that what should have submerged us, what should have killed us, it didn't. And we're still here. Like we're still living. And from a gospel sense, I think it's it's a reminder that our sin doesn't have the power over us that we think it does now that we are in Christ. But then on a practical sense, It's just the reality that, man, we're still living and breathing. And for a lot of people, it's the day-to-day living and breathing that is the challenge. I think we take that for granted, especially in ministry sometimes. We're talking about thriving and people going to the next level. And a lot of people are like, man, I'm just trying to get through the day. And just for for people to hear that, I think, is, is empowering. That we, we talk about it, the overuse of the word breakthrough in the church. <laughs> what's, what's, oh, I'm getting my breakthrough. I'm getting all of my breakthroughs. I'm getting every last one of them. We've placed a moratorium on that term. Give me all the breakthroughs. All the break- <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm just trying to break out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. I'm half kidding. Yeah. yeah. If there's a breakthrough waiting for me, I'm, I'm here for it. And we ain't turning it down, though. <laughs> yeah, right. right. No, I mean, I'll take it if you got one. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, but that's true. One. Like, we just, we, we sensationalize the spiritual walk. We make it like this sensational, magical experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really more about a process. Yeah, so. yeah. So tell me, tell what, Aaron. What any? What was the other? Uh, I know you had probably one or two hundred gospel references out of the movie, but uh, <laughs> Aaron is the gospel guy. He literally yeah, has gospel, gospel tattooed on his arm. It is the like, power literally. of God. <laughs> Literally, yeah. literally in Greek, in Greek on his arm right now. So, bro, that's so that's so intense. Like I just thought about that. Like you literally have gospel tattooed in Greek on your on your arm, <laughs> on your forearm too. Like so, it's not like you can hide it. Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. He don't wow, need to, bro. But anyways, was there another? Was that dude there is extra saved, bro. <laughs> that dude getting in. I don't care what nobody say. He getting in them gates. <laughs> 
<laughs> I forgot what you said. <laughs> was, there, was there another, uh, what was some of the other uh, gospel connections that you made throughout the film? Because I know you have a few. All right. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the end of the movie, basically, okay. or toward the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was when Killmonger makes the statement that he would rather be buried at sea with all of his ancestors who didn't make it. And he was speaking of the transatlantic trip that um, so many Africans were, were murdered, lost. And um, there's a, man, there's such a holy defiance to that in, in that um, it's like, I would rather die free than live a slave, you know? And um, Hmm. there is, there Hmm. is, there is great Hmm. gospel truth to that. Um, because there are constantly so many things that seek to ensnare us on a daily basis, you know, um, and we're always under this pressure to settle within ourselves, within outside forces, but man, to be genuinely free, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I preached on, um, first Thessalonians five, 16 to 18, a couple of weeks ago, pray, uh, rejoice always, pray without ceasing mm-hmm. in all things, give thanks for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. And one of the examples that I use of that and what that looks like is Paul and Silas as they were beaten and imprisoned. And so many times that passage is framed in a way that you have to praise God and give him thanks in order to be free. But that wasn't Paul's mm. point. Talk about it. Paul in that jail wasn't saying I'm praising because I'm trying to be free. Paul was saying I'm praising because I am, am free, free right uh. now in this moment, <laughs> bound in yeah. chains, back bloodied, you know, incredibly uncomfortable. But you can't imprison my soul. Mm. You, you can't you can't put bonds on my spirit. I will worship. I will praise. And to see that kind of defiance, um, that's what that reminded me of at the end that that um he and it wasn't i don't think it was simply like i'm just trying to live on my own terms it's greater than that he said his deal he he was a person that really was even in his own twisted way preoccupied i believe with freedom and so even at the end he's like man i you know even bury me like a free man you know i i choose even in death to identify with my mm-hmm. people than to compromise in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and so I love that's that. That's crazy. That's, yeah, why, that's, that's why we brought him on the podcast. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> came out of nowhere. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're passing around an offering plate right now. Yeah, because... Let me put the clink sound effect, right? Clink, clink. Yeah, because tailing, tailing on that, you know, like, to to add a dimension to what you're talking about, not to add to what you're talking about, because that was phenomenal, but to add another layer of dimension for maybe people out there that are listening and you're this is still new to you. Paul's the same dude in Second Corinthians that says we're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Yes. We're perplexed, but but not in despair, right? Persecuted, but not abandoned. <laughs> struck down, but four. not destroyed. And so, man, like Paul's this dude. He's like, I've been through it all, but you can't. Like it, I'm, I'm not going, you know, it's almost like, you know, when, when he, when the, I was telling his servant, he's like, just go back. And he's like, go back to what? Mm. You know, like, I don't have anything to go back to. Like, when I said I was going to follow you, I tore it all apart. I killed everything off. I don't have anything to go back to. Like this is, this life is the life that I've chosen to live. Mm-hmm. I've said yes to this. So I'm not going to, I don't have anything to go back to. And I think that that's a mm-hmm. profound part of what you're yeah. talking about. It's like, listen, I'm, I'm free in this, even if this is not comfortable. 
Um, and I think more and more believers are finding themselves in that place um, because this, this is the end times, you know. And I think I think that's why we're seeing not a big. I wouldn't say there's people falling away from the Lord. I think there's people who are having what they thought was their faith tested. In actuality, it was the promise. A, a false promise, not in genuine faith, Oof. which is come to the Lord and you'll get these things. But they're realizing that these things aren't coming. And matter of fact, Oof. sometimes things get harder. And so when things get harder, we have to lean on the God that we can't see. And if we never had a real relationship with him to start with, then it becomes incredibly tough to navigate these circumstances. And what we thought was faith, but it was actually just false promises, crumbles underneath us and mm. we're left with nothing. And so I think that that's Man, you better stop. Ooh, that's a word, <laughs> bro. Stop. So I think that that's what we find ourselves in, in, in with what you're talking about. And I think that's that's that was Killmonger's point, which is yeah. like, like this is who this I, I'm choosing to, even if it hurts, this is what I'm choosing to stay. And that's what you're getting at, yeah. like the, like when when, our, when we're rooted, even if it like even if it's uncomfortable, even if it hurts, even if it's bad, like this is where I'm staying because this is where the my my promise is at on behalf of believers. But yeah, yeah. it's huge. And, and, you know, there's something that I actually saw in you guys' cut that I didn't see every time I've watched the movie. And it, I think it's because of the fact that you guys were framing it as generosity, as giving, yeah, as yeah. giving of what you have, not hoarding it, not mm. keeping it silent, not keeping it quiet, not keeping it hidden. And at the end, I saw T'Challa looking at the young boy who says, man, who are you? In a in a joyous way. Like he didn't know that joy was possible until he got outside of his comfort zone and decided to give of himself. Yep. And they find a joy they weren't, they weren't expecting. Like they weren't expecting the kids to come and call it. I love that you left that in the Bugatti spaceship, you know, like (laughs) it was so much joy and innocence and simplicity (laughs) because it was this whole idea that, man, what are we going to do? We're giving up a part of ourselves. And I think what you gain in giving is greater than what you think you'll lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for me, one of the things that I saw in that, at least from my perspective, is I, I saw hope in T'Challa's eyes because, I, I, again, this is how I viewed the, the movie and particularly that scene. I saw hope in T'Challa's eyes that Jobu and, and Killmonger and all of them may have been right. And this young boy, like, here, here I have the chance to make not all of it go away. But I have a chance for this person to have to not have to experience it to the extent that you know, and, and however all that is going to work out as far as I- impacting you know the marginalized and all. But right. I'm just saying, like he, you could oh. see there was there was hope in his face because he was like this, like never, yeah, we're going to help the masses, but I'm I'm connecting to this one right now who I doesn't have to walk out the journey that my yeah. uncle and my, you know, and come on. That right. place where he was giving, giving was a place of pain. Like it was a place where everything got messed up. Yeah. And so he had to go back to the place where it started come and on. he had to create, correct the error on behalf of the people who weren't even there to correct it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Like I wasn't, yo, I, it wasn't my fault. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. right. I didn't do it. I didn't have a hand in it. But now that I have the ability I yeah. will go back and make it right. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Because that was that was gonna be my yeah. final, like my final Sorry. question. Follow question. Go ahead. We want justice, but we don't want to go back to the scene of the crime. That's <laughs> right. what we see a lot, right? We's like, yep. you know, we, you know, we say we want that which is just. But if you really 
want that which is just, then you have to go back to the place of pain. You have to go back to that ugly, bloody, unjust place, and you have to deal with it from that place. You can't just say, we'll move on. No, you've got to go back to that place. And that is at the very heart of our faith, at the very heart of our faith. Throughout the narrative of scripture, you see that there's always this this, this just profound connectivity between sinfulness and redemption. For instance, it was in the garden where man rebelled, but it was also in the garden where we see the resolve of Christ to say, not my will, but your will be done. And then fast forward to the end of the redemptive narrative. And there is a garden and there are trees whose leaves are for the healing of the nation. And there is the tree of life standing there. Yes, still, you you know what I'm saying? He died on the tree, then the tree. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, it's there. And so I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. we got it, man. Look, yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> no, no, that and that was that was my whole point because I one of the things when we were editing the film, uh, John got done and he showed it to me, uh, and it was ending on the sunset, right? And uh, we got done watching it, and I was like, "That's real dope," but I, w- you have to put that in the, the end scene in there. You have like you have to right. because I was I I was walking explaining to him. I was like, because currently there's no redemption. There, and that was that was the word I used. Is like there's no redemption yet, and there has there has to be, because the whole point of this is that the whole point of this is to encourage people to live a life and expose the redemption. Like the that you may have messed up, you may have gone down the road, you may have gotten hurt, you may have been born into something that you can't control. You may have, you like there's there's tons of maybes, perplexed, persecuted, crushed down, abandoned. There, all of these things that you could uh, that you could be, but there's there's a redemptive cause that runs through the blood of Christ that can bring us back. The crimson core. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so all that to say, man, is, is that was that was a conversation he and I had, and which means he had to go do another probably hour and a half worth Great of work. Job, man. So to Phenomenal. cut out other stuff because of our time work. frame, and it wasn't one of those things. It's like just add three minutes. Like we didn't have three minutes to add. It was like cut out three minutes somewhere else. It's in there. Ooh. Find it and get rid of it because we have to. There has to be redemption. Um, <laughs> so, which he was. He kinda, he's giving me that look like. Bruh. He, he took a deep breath when I told him. He's like, <laughs> okay. Sure, <laughs> but all that to say, man, because redemption, redemption, redemption. Yes. Like it, yeah, it, it has to come back full circle. The whole narrative. For us, communicating a story through the movie was we have something people need, which is the gospel. Um, we need to do more with what we have, but we need to go about it the right way. Um, and that's the purpose of our purpose is to see lives changed. Um, but then bringing it all back home is in the third segment of what I was filmed of me talking, which was um, – you know, that here in your city, you're going to be sitting next to a coworker, a friend, you're going to be next to a neighbor, you're going to be walking down your street, you're going to, like, the, all of these people need redemption. All of these people, no matter where they're at in their journey, they need someone to come alongside them and say, doesn't matter where you've come from, that doesn't disqualify you. Mm. Matter of fact, just like you said, for many of us, our greatest place of pain will will actually be the center core of our purpose. Um, and then God wants to Man, God wants to magnify himself in you. So even in his uplifting of you, it's so that people would see more of him, not more of us, you know, um, which is so powerful. So it was it was dope, man. All so, that from a movie. All that, all that from a movie. All, all that, that from, from Black and more. Man. We just that was just all we had for an, in an hour, you know. So <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having us on, man. This is yeah, fun. Yeah, man. It's really good. Yeah. It's, it's encouraging. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it was. Uh, <laughs> he said it like, "Oh, this is encouraging." Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> when the guy who has has gospel and Greek tattooed on his arm tells you this is encouraging, that's, yeah, this is that, that is encouraging. Yes. So, <laughs> so awesome, man. Boy, holy. Yeah. So tell them again where they can find you guys, Aaron. Where can they get you? Twitter, Instagram, whatever. At Aaron James on Twitter and Instagram. E-A-R-O-N. Yeah. And Tyler, where can they find you? On Twitter at Burns twenty three, follow at your own risk. And uh, you guys got some own, you got some of your own projects that you're working on, and then some you're working on together. What are those? Let us fill man, them in. Tell so them about your podcast, Aaron. Yeah. yeah, man. So um, theology Q and A with Pastor Aaron. Um, okay. Really, really soon. Um, basically, my heart and um, along with the rest of the team at the Witness. Um, wasn't just simply to add a podcast to the suite, just to you know, just to add another podcast. But what we're going to be seeking to do is just to serve our readers and our listeners in another way, and just dealing with some some questions that people have concerning the Bible and and how the Bible connects to life and culture and the things around us and our understanding of the faith. Come on, but man. seeking to do so in a way that's on the ground, right? Um, where where people can can understand. And so um, I'm I'm really I'm humbled at you know at the opportunity to be able to do that, and uh, it's coming really really soon. So what the name? What was it called again? Theology Q and A. Theology Q and A, and uh, make sure you guys catch Pastor Aaron on Twitter. I'm sure he'll be putting out a lot of information on that. Yeah, so it'll be on iTunes. Know, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Okay, awesome. And uh, Justin and I will certainly share that on uh, on our accounts too. So man, hit, hit us up. We'll we'll get it's it. It's gonna out be there, awesome. So. Seriously, uh, I know Aaron's one of my best friends, but it's gonna be awesome if. If you love the insights he's given now, it's going to be the same thing. Me, me and Tyler, most people don't know. This is there's a there's a there's a a world that no one gets to see with the three of us sit down at a table. So often it's me and Tyler laughing hysterically while Aaron does some sort of biblical breakdown, and we're laughing because it's so good. And we're just like, we can't, <laughs> like, we're we just beside never ourselves. seen someone so saved before. Like, you're just like, saved, bro. They're, like, they're, they're making fun of me. No, we're not. We are not. Well, no, I mean, we make now fun I of am, your hand but like, gestures, but we don't. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's, it is. That's exactly No, it they're is. not. No, they're it not really is. It, it is true. So uh, we appreciate you, brother. And I, and I do believe that over currently, yes, and then over the years to come, uh, I believe that your mind and, you, and, and your platform is going to grow exponentially. Um, um, because you have uh, been so committed to your craft, uh, and so we just appreciate you. And uh, you absolutely, yeah, Tyler, tell me where, what else. What do you got going on over there? Man, I'm just here, man. Some <laughs> air thing. Stop. Nah, yeah. man, I host a podcast called Pass the Mic. It's also on the Witness Podcast Suite. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. You can go to Twitter at underscore Pass the Mic is our Twitter handle, and then we also have the Witness BCC dot com as well for all the updates on these podcasts and and good stuff so. cool cool and then you guys did a small little like season segment thing oh yeah, so, yeah. Something, something called uh once upon a time in wakanda once upon a time in wakanda yeah this goes really deep into the podcast yeah that yes. goes so if you guys enjoyed the, the small talk about black panther here Oof. then uh jump in with these guys Man. once upon a time in wakanda and you guys can all nerd out together so that's really really nerdy <laughs> so uh and you guys know where you can find me <laughs> Justin's laughing. He's like, "Bruh, I couldn't, I couldn't hang with it." So, and then, so we turn it over to Justin. He's gonna close this out. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I like the witness stuff, but I'm, I missed that one, and I probably will miss it. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I'm Pastor just Mike is one of my favorite podcasts, though, Dude, I and I listen that, to a man. lot." But uh, I missed the Once Upon a Time in Wakanda, He's and it's like, okay. Ah, I'm it's gonna miss okay. that. Yeah, I'm gonna miss that one. <laughs> Y'all tell uh, me how it turns out. <laughs> 
Man, uh oh, Brad, we got a situation here. All right, guys. Uh, man, we appreciate everybody tuning in today. Man, share the share the podcast. Uh, post it on social media and give us a like and rate and review and all those things. We really appreciate that. If you want to learn more about us here at Transformation Church, you can find us online at transformationchurch.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Transformation Pensacola. So we appreciate you guys. We'll catch you next week on another episode of the TC Weekly Follow Up Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.